Welcome back, everybody, to the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Alex Swarski, joined by my friend and yours, Justin Carroll. Justin, how are you on this Friday evening? I'm a little sad. I did not get to see Otis Dozovic today, and I almost cried. But then they announced Otis Dozovic will be in action next week against Dolph Ziggler in a qualifying spot for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Also, another... uh... WrestleMania rematch, and uh, we know all know how I feel about those. And I, uh, I was a little uh, upset, uh, a little uh, bothered by that. But anywho, uh, we have the April 24th edition of Friday Night SmackDown on the Fox Network. Also, we have uh, gimmicks of the week for our Friday segment. Uh, more on that a little later. But overall, I mean, I thought the SmackDown was pretty solid before we get into our scores, obviously, towards the end of the episode. What did you think? I was pretty high on everything SmackDown did today. We even got two surprises at the end of the show, which I was pretty hyped about because, you know, I didn't know about it. But overall, with everything SmackDown did today, I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, same here. The only thing I don't think I enjoyed watching it necessarily. Now, let me word this as best as I can. I... It kept my attention. I didn't enjoy watching it. Well, I didn't look forward to it, I should say. I didn't really enjoy watching it either, but it was pretty good. And it kept my attention. For all things WWE considered, this is a solid, pretty good show. I also didn't look forward to watching SmackDown today. I was like, oh, man, SmackDown. I hope it's good. And then it totally changed my mind and i was like man smackdown was actually pretty good today yes luckily we uh had a good show it was very efficient there wasn't a ton of matches there wasn't a ton of goofy stuff there wasn't anything really to hate uh you would really have to nitpick i would say for this episode but uh let's get right into it here of course we have the april 24th smackdown like i said earlier uh we have triple h's 25th anniversary celebration uh, looking forward to Lacey Evans versus Sasha Banks and Bailey oh, at her corner. As I was going to say, the next match we had uh, looking forward to tonight was the Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Carmella and Dana Brooke. All that later on. We opened the show with The New Day addressing everybody at home. The new eight-time <laughs> Tag Team Champions. Uh, Big E praises Tom Brady while speaking to the people at home. And we have the Lucha House Party come out, ultimately out of nowhere. I don't know. They've been hiding in the back. I guess they're short-staffed, to say the least. And uh, <laughs> whether it was Grand Metalik or the other dude who speaks English, I think it's uh, Kalisto, right? Yeah, Kalisto, the other member. But didn't they have Lindsay Dorado? Anyway, so one of them says (laughs) Lucha Lit. Oh, no. I mean, it doesn't get much worse when you say Lit to begin with. But when you do your own Lucha Lit, I mean, this is terrible. This, if it was maybe a year or even six months back, they, they could probably pull it off. But doing it now, I literally cringed in my seat. Listening to Lindsay Dorado say "Lucha Lit," he didn't say it once. He said it twice. That's a that's the worst part about it. 
It's one thing if you say it once and we forget about it. It's another thing if you say it twice. I mean, come on. Twice is not as nice. I kind of shivered in my seat when he said it twice. And anyway, so uh, Ms. and Morrison come out and they cut in front of them, ultimately, or cut through them on the entrance ramp. And uh, they say how it wasn't fair, how they lost it in a, a triple threat match, not a tag team match, saying the New Days never beat them. Sure enough, a team that has just burst onto the scene, who are, you are very high on, the Forgotten Sons, come out, all three of them, uh, Riker, Oh, boy. I don't know the rest of them because they all have the same Riker? face to me. <laughs> Riker, well, Steve Cutler. Have hair. Yeah. Riker, Steve Cutler, and uh, Gunner. But I think he's also Steve Riker. Jackson Riker? Steve, Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker, and Gunner. But I think Gunner is Jackson Riker. No. <laughs> Wesley Blake is the other dude. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was <laughs> right. Wesley Blake, Steve... Uh, Cutler and Jackson Riker, you know, you know all three of them by name, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. They are the Forgotten Sons of SmackDown now, formerly NXT, but they were pretty solid on the microphone, and I was very surprised to see them. I never heard them on the mic, and sure enough, I was uh, pleasantly surprised at what they had to offer. The only amount of talking that they really did in NXT when they were back down there was they would do these little vignettes for matches that they were going to have. But I've never really heard them on the mic. And when I heard Steve Culler and Jackson Riker on the mic, I was like, oh, man, they're actually pretty good. And then Wesley Blake started to talk. And I, I don't know why, but to me, the, the lisp, the only person that could probably ever pull off a lisp was Dusty Rhodes during his, you know, whenever he would talk. I don't know why. I feel like having a lisp throws off everything you say in a, like in some sort of weird way it's just do you feel the same way about that yeah i do it, it's just kind of like it get, it kind of takes like the seriousness out of you you know what i'm saying yeah exactly yeah i, I think that's the best way to, to i was gonna say subscribe describe it <laughs> but i mean you, you hit the nail on the head really it's just kind of like oh this big jack tough guy and then he goes oh, hey how are you today i'm, I'm steve tammy sprinkler <laughs> like whole like that was a terrible impression of Sammy Sprinkler, whatever you want to call it. But uh, <laughs> just, to, just to get an idea, I mean, that was pretty stupid. I regret that. But, I mean, it's just like kind of takes like the oomph out of it, you know, like these big yeah. jack dudes and he comes out spraying, you know, spit everywhere ultimately. Yeah, but, like uh, Lars Sullivan. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Sullivan sorry. had one bad too. No, like you said, and I mean, look at him. But other we other reasons, <laughs> of course, uh, he's no longer on the television, of course, Uh they go into talking about how they were in the military. They were a Marine talking and calling Mizzo for being a fake Marine. Uh, I would have liked a little more serious, not serious, but if they mentioned like a stolen valor kind of deal, that would be kind of like, whoa. And then like, they could be legitimized even more. And they mm-hmm. later go on about how, uh, you never see an attack coming and they attack the new day. Uh, Miz and Morrison retreat, of course, being the bad guys here. And we set up later on for Miz and Morrison versus the Lucha House Party, which I assume they would not want Forgotten Sons to lose to Miz and Morrison. But it's also confusing, We'll, which is even more confusing. Like I said, we'll move on to that later on. Uh, the first match of the night was a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Uh, King Snooze Fest against Drew Gulak <laughs> with uh, Daniel Bryan at ringside. Baron Corbin stinks. Okay. 
the characters that Baron Corbin has tried to portray, I will say, aren't the most entertaining. But he is a pretty good wrestler. I will have to give him that. This match that he had with Drew Gulak was pretty decent, I would have to say. Drew Gulak reminds me a lot of Daniel Bryan. You know, he's short, but he's thick. You know, he lays everything in. I think he's an overall pretty good wrestler. But nothing too special about this match. But there was one thing that did happen. Nakamura and Cesaro jump the guardrail. And they take Daniel Bryan away, which distracts Drew Gulak. And then he ends up hitting the end of days on Drew Gulak for the win to get a spot in the qual- in the match, Money in the Bank. But after that, we had Nakamura and Cesaro jump into the ring and hold Drew Gulak as King Corbin hit him with his scepter. And I thought it was a little weird that Sami Zayn didn't do it. I think he's not on TV because he just had mouth surgery of some sort. Like, he just got his wisdom teeth out. But... I was like, if they're a trio, Sammy, Nakamura, and Cesaro, just let them be the trio. I don't want King Corbin, you know, barging in on their parade while, you know, Sammy's hurt, you know? Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. This match didn't really do it for me. Uh, it Outside interference, I mean, I could see where they're going for Corbin getting the win. Uh, it, this just didn't do it for me. I don't know. There just wasn't really much to it. It wasn't. I, li- I do like Drew Gulak, though. I did text you that during the show. And I think yeah. there are, I don't think, I'm not going to say that he's underutilized, but he has, uh, he has a lot of potential, to say the least. Yeah, the one thing that I did not like about this match, do you notice with WWE programming that as soon as they're about to go to commercial, they'll hit the one big move? I, I think the big move in this match was the drop, like Gu Gulak drop kicking. King Corbin over the uh, announcing table, and then like he jumped onto it, and then they were like, "Oh, what is Drew Gulak gonna do next?" And then they pan to commercial. Yeah, or next live on Friday Night SmackDown. I hate that. That is the worst. It is the worst. Nobody yeah, likes the, that. The thing that adds to it is when they hit the big move, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll be back next," or something dumb like that. I just, I just don't like it. Me either. I'm never the biggest fan of it. But luckily, we can move on from this match. Uh, we had a pretty good one after this, or even for, well, not a pretty good one after it. I mean, it took us a while to get a decent match. Uh, Sheamus squashes uh, Dan Vidot. I mean, it is what it is. I think they're, uh, I like what they're doing with Sheamus. I like how they're kind of giving the old school Sheamus, you know, I don't know really how to describe it, if it's really old school, to say the least, more or less. Uh, the beginning uh, of his career? The beginning of his career where he's just kind of like this animal, ultimately. And uh, I like that, uh, him just mowing down opponents. I'm interested to see where they finally give him a serious match. Who's it going to be? I thought it might have been Jeff Hardy. Who knows? Uh, but you said it doesn't really add up as they were attacking as a went after Cole, Michael Cole last week about the whole Jeff Hardy uh, documentary series or mini doc, whatever you want to call it. But this week it was not hinted at that. So anyway, Seamus again squashes Danny Vidot. Uh, we had the Lucha house party versus Miz and Morrison. And I wrote yawn. The only thing that kept, <laughs> this was before the match started. So to their credit, oh. um, Miz and Morrison are very entertaining. I will say that. Uh, before we get into the match, though, Sheamus did attack, quote-unquote, 
attack Michael Cole before the bell rang. Yes. But during this match with Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metal League against John Morrison and The Miz, I really do enjoy The Miz and John Morrison being a tag team because it almost feels like they're acting, not in the sense that like they're acting, acting for TV, but it's just like they're acting. And the one bad thing about this match, Lindsay Dorado like threw a kick at The Miz and then they both thigh slapped. Can you believe that? They both did it. Not one, but two. Exposing the biz. No, I just I hate <sighs> excessive use of a thigh slap. It should only be used with like Shawn Michaels sweet chin music or some some big move, not just oh I'm gonna kick you and you know you're gonna kick out at like less than one or something like that. You know if it's a big move then thigh slap. I'm not a professional in any sense, but it's just I don't like how many people thigh slap and how it's becoming a norm. Absolutely. I mean, it is, I always wondered when I was little, like, how do they make that noise if you really could only get that if you slap someone? Sure enough, people slap their leg. No, <laughs> there's no real way around it, uh, obviously. Uh, but this match is entertaining from the Miz and Morrison standpoint. I don't think that the Lucha House Party does anything for me. Although, they did get a surprise victory from the former tag team champs. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that they won. I honestly believe that the Forgotten Sons were going to come out since they were the only ones that did not touch Miz and Morrison. Well, they did like get a hold of them, but they really didn't put down a beating on them. I right. thought for sure that they would have came out, but they didn't, which I like. I'm fine with Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metal League winning. Absolutely. So we move on from that. We have Sasha and Lacey coming up next. It's, it's boss time. Boss time. Oh, I, I stole uh, it from you. <laughs> they come out with uh, Sasha and Bailey come out with the daughter on a stick. What's her What's her name? Sunny Lace. What's her name? Oh, I don't know her daughter's name. I feel bad. Yeah, I do too. Well, I don't really feel that bad. But anyway, well, uh, let me look uh, up. Obviously, getting the bad girl persona uh, towards. Lacey, uh, Lacey, who has uh, been a surprising talent as of the past couple months. I'm really high on her. I know you are as well. And Summer. Uh, they st- Summer the, her daughter Summer, was a picture of her on a popsicle stick parading her around the ring, which is a little weird, but I guess it's the whole uh, bad girl persona, like I said. Uh, they work on Evan's right hand throughout the match. Uh, later on, uh, towards the end of the match, or the ending of the match. Uh, Lacey Evans hits Sasha Banks with the woman's right. Uh, she's near the uh, bottom rope on the apron. Uh, she hooks the inside leg. I mean, why Why would you, why, why wouldn't you hook the outside leg? Sure enough, exactly. Bailey pins it on the bottom rope, uh, gets out at two. I don't know. I If it's so blatantly obvious to the crowd that they're going to hook the leg on the rope uh, being the bad girl, so to say, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just didn't really get it. Uh, she put the Bailey puts the leg on the rope, obviously. And op- ultimately, Bailey costs Sasha the match trying to get involved. Yes, which could possibly lead to the downfall of Sasha and Bailey, which I would not mind at all. Me either. This- they- <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. You, you, you. Ladies first. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, go they're, no. they're great. Oh my God. No, you told me to go, okay? I'm going to go now. I was going to say, 
how you said they're great, you know, you want them to break up. They're great in the ring against each other, not together. This has been, I wouldn't call it a train wreck. I only call so many things train wrecks, but this is bad. (laughs) I do like them wrestling together. They put on that classic in Brooklyn. Uh, How many years ago was that? Man, that was probably like six years ago now, maybe. That's crazy. But with this match, I was pretty big on it. I think I texted you saying that I like this match. Like, I was shocked that I would like this match. Did I? Yes, you did. And I texted you you back right away that I liked it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with this match, there's two people that I love on SmackDown right now. Those... And Lacey Evans. I seriously cannot get enough of Lacey Evans. She is so entertaining. You could totally get behind her. She, I think, is probably the best women's wrestler on SmackDown right now, arguably. But, you know... Without a doubt. Yes, without a doubt. So we had Bailey taunting Lacey Evans with, um, you know, the cutout of her daughter on the stick. And then Lacey hits Bailey into the ring... Sasha rolls up, Lacey to the count of five, and then Sasha tells Bailey to stay out of it because overall it's Sasha's match, not Bailey's. And then she ends up costing Sasha the match with the woman's right. And then after the match, we had Sasha and Bailey walking back uh, to the entranceway, and then we had Tamina super kick Bailey, and Sasha just stands there. Bailey is her best friend. Why would you just stand there as your best friend just gets super kicked right in the face and not do anything about it? I couldn't tell you. Maybe they're having a little, uh, how you say, ruffle in the relationship there, to say the least. Well, she consoled her like a minute later after that happened, which was the weird thing about it. Well... Everything's not all right in that uh, faction, to say the least, between Bailey and Sasha. After this, uh, I liked the match, by the way. I thought it was great. I, it was yes. a weird ending, but I did like it in, in a weird way. Uh, we go right into the uh, Strowman and the unique history of, Bra- of Braun Strowman <laughs> and Bray Wyatt. I mean, you had to watch it to really get it. Uh, Braun Strowman was fat. Still kind of is, but he was fat. Yeah, he's a big boy now, but he was pretty chunky back in 2015. Yeah, a long time ago, obviously. I mean, he was fairly new to the wrestling game, as I've understood through interviews and stuff like that. But anyway, you really had to watch it to kind of take it all in. I don't really have anything. I mean, they always put on good, or great video packages, so no complaints there. Uh, throughout the show, they were running vignettes for Triple H's return. We're going to have a short episode here. There was not a ton to talk about. Yeah, I felt like there was a lot. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Don't worry. I know you kind of cut out there. Oh, well. Uh, oh, oh, my bad. We moved into uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the tag team championships. Uh, I wish every girl could be like Alexa Bliss. Shout out Bowling for Soup. <laughs> uh, I wanted to point something up before the match started, how uh, Corey Graves said he was highly invested in this match or something along the lines there. And uh, Michael Cole threw him off by saying how he knew so much about pandas. I'm not sure if you caught what Carmella and Corey Graves 
went through on this Instagram live they had this past week. Uh, did you did you get to see it? Did you get to see any clips of it? I'm sure you didn't, but there was a uh, one awkward moment, to say the least. No, I didn't. What was it? So Carmella and Corey Grace were on an Instagram live talking about how quarantine's going, what's it been like at home. And Corey Grace starts talking about how he feels like a panda and doesn't want to mate a lot, uh, hinting at what? his uh, partner there with Carmella that they're not, uh, how you Bang say, it. doing it. Uh, it was a weird, uh, awkward position for both oh of them. And for the, for the clip that I saw, I was, uh, I was cringing, to say the least. But it was a uh, weird spot, and that was a real-life uh, moment there that Michael Cole brought to the bride cast table. I thought it was pretty funny. Obviously, a if-you-know-you-know you know kind of deal. I, I think you might have missed it, but... Uh, once again, Michael Cole trying to uh, get Corey Graves off his game. Graves, uh, to, his, to his point, he stayed on his game, to say the least. So credit to him uh, with the uh, curveball there. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you caught that, did you? No, but you know why Michael Cole probably said it? Because he knows Corey Graves isn't funny. I bet you he was trying to be funny when he said that to Camaro, which is pretty disrespectful to say. About It's not necessarily disrespectful, but it's more of like, no respect. one needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. We, like, we don't need to know that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, this is a, a short match for a championship, I'd say. Uh, ultimately, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss win with a modified 3D. I didn't get to catch it. They didn't show a replay. Uh, I might oh. have missed a replay. But, I mean, I didn't get a ton a- of this match. It was good. Uh, I'll let you go. I was just saying that it was a flapjack into a DDT. That's all it really was. It was, it looked like the 3D, but except um, Bubba Ray, you know, hitting them with the RKO. It was just Alexa Bliss jumping and DDTing the girl. But nothing too exciting about this match. I don't like Carmella. I like um, Dana Brooke, actually. You know, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are whatever to me. But it, I didn't really care for this match at all. Yeah, me either. It was okay. I mean, it just kind of was there. wasn't bad. But uh, there wasn't a whole yeah. ton going on. Uh, they say how Triple H is. Wow, we're at the end of the show already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they say no. they say how Triple H is up next. Uh, next week we're gonna get Otis Dozovic versus Dolph Ziggler okay. in a okay. Money in the Bank qualifying match. And this is another WrestleMania rematch. I don't like it. My peach Mandy. I'm fine with this match as long as Doze is on my TV. I am pretty much happy. I've been super, super high on Otis Dozovic lately. He is just entertaining. Like, how can you not just be entertained by that giant goofball? Like, I don't like comedy really being in wrestling, but Doze pulls it off. He really does manage to pull it off. He's a, you can just tell he's genuine and he's loving everything he's doing. And that's what makes the product overall great. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, he's good. I don't think. I'm a little worried if he were to go on the singles route uh, at right now. I don't think he's got a ton to go like for a title or anything. But, I mean, down the road, I think he can pull it off. I think he just needs time like anything. But, uh, like you said, we're at the end of the show. Oh, and we have Mandy and Carmella for a Money in the Bank qualifying match. We'll be interested to see. If Alexa, not Alexa Bliss, uh, Dana Brooke makes an appearance in that one, uh, possibly her tag team partner there, costing 
them a shot, uh, a shot at the titles tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. But we had uh, Triple H come out. We're already at the end of the show. We're only 24 minutes in, but Shocking. it is what it is. I mean, we just, we just flew right through. There wasn't anything bad. We didn't have to rag on anything. Triple yeah. H comes out with the uh, Motorhead Time to Play the Game music, which always, always fires me up. There was no bow down <laughs> to the King BS. I mean, this is the all-time uh, entrance music. This is all-time right here. This Do is number one, I think. that's the goat of entrance music? I mean, it's up there. It's certainly up there. You cannot disagree with me. Like on the Mount Rushmore or the greatest of all time? Uh, Mount Rushmore, no doubt. See, I'm going to say with the Mount Rushmore theme music right now. Just hold right on, now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's keep that till the end. Let's keep it till the end. Okay, How's that? okay. So we, okay. Can, so we can fill a little more time. We'll keep that to yeah. the end. A little on-the-fly segment there. Uh, great hosting job by myself. Not a big <laughs> deal. Anyway, uh, he was going to do his little water thing where he spits it up in the air. Someone takes it away. I don't know if this was a rib or a oh, sorry. I'll say rib just because it was a goofy kind of deal. And I, Triple H likes to uh, expose the biz when he's on TV, to say the least. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. What do you think? No, I don't think you're wrong in saying that. He sort of, when he did commentary that one time, when the whole pandemic thing really started to, you know, start, uh, he said that he got a demotion when in reality he did not get a demotion at all. It was just a different title of the position that he was in. So currently he was just joking about it. Like he obviously knows like the online wrestling fans is a completely whole different fan base, but yeah, he does like to, you know, throw a little, you know, points and stuff out there. I he does really like to call it. Yeah, he, blurring the lines is what you'd call it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Two for two. I'm batting a thousand on the whole hosting gig. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, he, they take the water away. He kind of reacts kind of funny. So that, I thought it was kind of funny. Someone with a mask came in. I thought, obviously, you don't want to spread a ton of germs with water being in your mouth. And I think coronavirus lives in water. Maybe that's, I, I don't know. I, I could be You're wrong. You're a scientist. I'm pro- You're a host. <laughs> no, I'm a host. I mean, swing and a miss on that one. But I think that's true, though. I think it lives in water. It lives in damp places and on surfaces. So, I so mean, Triple if he, H's mouth is a damp place? No, if he spits it on the floor, that's damp, and it could catch it. Not saying that's he has true. coronavirus. Obviously, he wouldn't because he's on the show. Anyway... Uh, he goes out talking about 25 years before he can even start. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, comes out. And I just wrote simply, HBK is gold. <laughs> my dad actually wanted me to write in my notes. So shout out to my dad really quick. My dad said the goat as Shawn Michaels came out. He, Shawn Michaels is his favorite wrestler of all time. And, you know, a lot of people's favorite wrestlers are, well, yeah. People just love Shawn Michaels. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, he comes out there. They're, uh, I, I hate to say it again, but they're ribbing each other. They're messing with each other. Oh, throughout totally. The, throughout the segment. I mean, it, it, whether it, it, it was for real or not, I think it had to be, you know, in the plans for the show, obviously. But uh, they come out. They show how Triple H lost at WrestleMania. He's lost a total of 12 times. Correct me if I'm wrong. 13. 
13 times he's lost at WrestleMania. I mean, it's uh, it's what's best for business. We'll keep it at that. Um, yes, sir. Uh, he's never really gotten his day. I Well, he's had his day. I, I yeah, think that's certain. Totally. Uh, at WrestleMania, maybe not. But uh, he's had his fair share of victories. But all about doing what's best for business, as he said on TV for so many years. Uh, then they go into Degeneration X. So they always did it in one take. Uh, they never did, actually, because it going from the tank not starting, Shawn Michaels not be able to string together a sentence. Anyway, uh, they talk about the Katie Vick segment. Let's not talk about that one for a long time. I don't know if you've ever heard or seen about or seen it uh, or what was left of it. Have you ever taken a look at it? Did you know what they're talking about? The Katie Vink, is that what you said? Katie Vick, yeah. Oh, Katie Vick? No, I don't. Okay, so we uh, we can discuss that off of the Skype. It was pretty, uh, it was in bad taste, to say the least. They did mention it later when, uh, next part, Vince McMahon decided to show up. Uncle Vince makes an no appearance. Chance. There's nothing like hearing the no chance riff right off of the top of the ramp there. Does his walk. And basically, <laughs> they get into uh, an I love you, man kind of deal. And I wrote, there's no crying in wrestling. Oh, wait. I think it means kayfabe, Jaws. What? I think it means kayfabe. Kayvick? Katie Vick was... Oh, it was something with Kane back in the... Uh, the ruthless oh, oh, Russian wait, wait, wait. Era. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. I'm so sorry. I, I was like... I'm deaf in one ear. Literally. So, I was like... I was trying to make out what you were saying. But I'm pretty sure that was the thing when... Triple H was doing the necrophilia stuff. Yes, that was exactly what it is, and we will keep yeah. it right at that. Uh, like I said, McMahon comes out. They get into an uh, I love you, man. I love you, Dad. I love you, son. I love you, too. I wrote, there's no crying in wrestling. And uh, ultimately, the lights go out on uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels because Vince was ta- talking about how boring it was. <laughs> he ended it three minutes early. That's how you know it was bad. But and, and It wasn't bad. Out. I think it was all jokes, too. Uh, yeah, say the least, but it was all ribbon on each other, which I thought uh, was great. It was it's that's always funny. Uh, I'll be interested to see what some other wrestling reporters have to say about it uh, later on. Meltzer will week. trash on it or uh, on Monday for the Cornet drive through, of course. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we it's can Jim mention we can mention the podcast that are nowhere near our site as the yeah. competition. So. <laughs> Uh, we can mention it all day. Anyway, uh, SmackDown. That was SmackDown, to say the least. Yeah, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, if I had to give it a number, 7. That's a rookie score. Uh, I'd give it 1 out of 10. The average being 5. I'd give it like a 7-7, seven, seven, honestly. It, wasn't, it, was, it was easygoing TV for once. Yeah, it felt really, really quick to me today. Thank God. It's that, I'm telling you, it's that extra hour. I don't know what it is, but just that extra oh. hour makes it that much easier to watch. My God. I think with all the vignettes and everything that they're doing, too, it's an easy way to, you know, pass the time. I mean, I'm pretty sure half the show is them promoting that Triple H, like, it's Triple H's 25th anniversary or whatever, because they kept on airing that video package for, like, ever, I felt like. Forever! Forever! Shout out 
Terry More Funk Terry beyond Funk the mat. <laughs> <laughs> if we could fit him into every episode, that'd be hilarious. But anyway, uh, I had a 7.7. You had a 7 even, which is a rookie score. But uh, what shall we get into first? The uh, on-the-fly Mount Rushmore of wrestling entrance music or gimmick of the week, which will be worst shirt of the week? Which one shall we get into first? I'm going to say the Mount Rushmore. All right, so anyone who has never seen a Mount Rushmore, I mean, it's just the four best. It's just that. Uh, can you name the, the four presidents? Can you name the four presidents on Mount Rushmore? One of them is Abraham Lincoln, I believe. One for one of four. There you go. One for one, to say the least. Um, George Washington. Two. Jeez. Uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He's up there. Thomas Jefferson. I think you got it. You know what? I think I know my history well enough. Four for four. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So anyway, the point of this segment is it's the four best uh, wrestling entrance themes of all time. Let's do, uh, I'll, I'll fire back. I'll say one and you say one. Uh, we're doing a little on the fly for all the people at home to fill the void of time here. So yeah, I'm going to go. sort of having a tough time thinking of the last one. And this is in no particular order. It's just the four best. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, number one is uh, Triple H, Time to Play the Game uh, by Motorhead. R.I.P. Lemmy. Demolition. Demolition. Here comes the axe, here comes the smasher. I would have never heard that song if it wasn't for WWE. I would have never heard that song if it wasn't for WWE 13. Easily, or 12, but those two were like the best video games of them all, besides SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. But anyway, who's next? Uh, Not Goldberg. That's not his music, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, My next one is, uh, it's going to be Austin, the glass break, there's no doubt. Oh, that's a classic. Okay, I'll I'll give you that one. This isn't I'll... in WWE, because I have a third one that I already know, and I think it might be on yours, too. Oh, okay. Let's see if we're thinking of the same one, then. Go. You go first, because I have two, you have one. Okay. And how do I have one? You've only done one. You did Demolition. Oh, I thought you said... Oh, okay. I took it the wrong way. I thought you meant I did three. Cody Rhodes. Which one? Kingdom. Yes, Kingdom by Downstreet is going to be my third one as well. Uh, okay. You're up again. Oh, man. As my third, right? Third. Third. Mm. Judas. Judas uh, is good. Oh, man. I don't know if I can leave that one off either. That's why. <sighs> I'm trying to think of some bangers. Damn, you just put me in a tough place here because I had a fourth one. I think, no, I think I do have my fourth one, but that it's sort of biased, not going to lie. I'm going to steal from you because just because Judas, uh, it, it's just, when I first heard it, I liked the, I liked the song before the whole, you know, Chris Jericho, AEW, oh, New Deal. What about, what about Randy Orton's theme song? You could choose that one. That one's There's pretty good. so many. There are so many, but I'm going to go looking up some of them right now. I'm going to go with recency bias in Judas, of course, for Chris Jericho over in AEW. 
So my final four are Mount Rushmore being ultimately what I have. Triple H, Motorhead, time to play the game. Uh, the glass breaking. I think it's You Won't Tell Me What to Do uh, from Stone Cold. Kingdom, oh, Kingdom by Down Straight, Cody Rhodes and AEW, and Judas by Fozzie for Chris Jericho over in AEW. But Justin, you still have number four. Oh, I might have to rearrange my entire list. No, Demolition. No. I can't. Demolition, Demolition was out of left field, so I mean. Dude, Demolition I, theme song is a banger. Yeah. Okay, whatever. You Look at you. Okay. Demolition's theme song, WWF. I'm going to have to say I didn't think about this one until now. Well, okay, wait. I'll save those ones for last. But Stone Cold's theme song, definitely. Mm-hmm. Two. I'm going to take off Cody Rhodes' theme song, Kingdom. Wow. And put on CM Punk's theme song, the, the, the Darkest Days thing. I forget the name of it. Oh, The Fire Burns or something like that. This, I think it's This Fire by Kill Switch Engage. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. That one's really good. And the last one, Glorious Bobby Brood. Ah, yuck. That was terrible. That one's good. That one's good. That was good. a terrible performance. Oh, Nakamura's. That was a tough one I had. Oh, my God. There's only four people on Mount Rushmore. How can you not stick to the rules? Yes, I know. But what if you added, like, another dumb fifth head? Why not add, like, I don't know, Barack Obama's head or something like that? So uh, some, pe- some people might find a problem with that one. I mean, if you pick <laughs> any president from the past three uh, terms, I mean, you're in trouble. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we will have that finally. Uh, my Mount Rushmore again, Triple H, uh, time to play the game. Motorhead, uh, you won't tell me what to do or I won't say what you say you tell me to do from Stone Cold. Just the glass breaking, everybody knows. Uh, Kingdom by Down Straight uh, for Cody Rhodes in AEW. And Judas by Fozzie for Chris Jericho's entrance in AEW. And now you're four one more time. You know what? I'm not even going to repeat my four because I'm literally thinking of all the guys' theme songs right now that are just bangers. And I will have to put out my list somewhere at some other time because I really got to sit and think about this one. (laughs) So ultimately, you screwed over the whole uh, (laughs) segment, but that's okay. Uh, We tried. That's what happens when you go on the fly. It's always good to prepare. But uh, we tried, or you tried. didn't I did my we part? I I followed the rules. You gave up, but that's okay. You tapped yeah, out. So tough. You tapped it's out. Tough. You tapped out. You tapped out. Anyway, and we will finally get into our gimmicks of the week. This week we decided upon the worst shirt of the week. Uh, WWE had two new released shirts. Justin, I will let you go first with your worst shirt of the week for gimmicks of the week. <sighs> this week. WWE, for whatever reason, decided, hey, you know what? This girl's on TV sort of a lot now. We're going to give her a t-shirt. We have Sonya Deville's Pride Fighter shirt. Get this. It says Pride Fighter instead of Prize Fighter. Get it? Get it? Yeah, huh, get it? Huh? Well, obviously then, we get it. And then we have... Her name, Sonya Deville, in red letters. And then we have her initials in the middle of it. And then at the top, there's red double horns for whatever reason. She is not that bad of a person. 
I just don't get why they had to say Pride Fighter. Like, yeah, we get it that she's a part of the LGBTQ community, but we don't need every shirt of hers to be like, you know, uh, I'm a supporter of the LGBTQ community. Let's just throw it on every shirt I have so maybe they possibly buy it. Or like her wrestling fans in general. I just think uh, all of her shirts are just awful to me. Like, I would never buy any of these shirts. They're so bland. The only... Okay. Her two shirts, the normal shirts, right? The only colors they involve, red, black, and gray. And then when they do, like, in June time, when they do all the um, LGBTQ shirts, it's rainbow. Yeah, it's Pride Month. And so it obviously has all the colors, which is fine. But, like, her... Like, her real shirts... Only of all the colors, black, gray, and red. This is an awful sh- shirt. There's no need for it. You might as well throw them in the trash because it is just straight trash. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head right there, but uh, uh, you helped me out on this one. And if anybody's seen Ms. and Morrison's new shirt, you're in for a treat because uh, <laughs> it, it is god-awful. Uh, basically, oh, bad no. radio, obviously. It's them on the shirt. Behind a chain link fence that says "Hey, hey, ho, ho," that's it. <laughs> with their hey, faces, hey, ho, ho, go, with, go, throw it in the trash. Yes, with their faces on it that says "Behind, behind a metal fence or a chain link fence." All of them trying to be fake gangster. I don't get it. And it says "Hey, hey, ho, ho" on it. That's it. That is so ridiculously stupid. Why would? <laughs> I'll why let you would go. anybody yep. want to wear that shirt? Why, why, why? I don't get it. It's an awful shirt. I think if you were seen in public, people will question if you're even human, to be quite honest with you. But I'm surprised that they didn't throw in a Pee Wee Herman, you know, little gesture on there. Because for whatever reason, some writer in WWE just loves Pee Wee Herman. But this shirt is just straight trash. And I'm so glad... That you went with my choice on the worst shirt of the week. Oh, it's terrible. Who like, who in their right mind would wear that thing? Oh, I bet you it God. feels like a beach towel, too. I bet you could uh, rub your rectum with it. Ah, that was too far. That was way too far. <laughs> it's a literal trash divorce. Do you think I care? You and I have had our opinions on WWE t-shirts, and we've both confided that they are terrible they're terrible some, designs some they're terrible designs and they are not comfortable whatsoever some of them pull it off of being comfortable but it's very very rare you get a t-shirt nowadays that you enjoy the latest shirt i think i enjoyed that dj we put out was probably like they didn't even really announce it it was meant for um when takeover was supposed to happen in Tampa Bay, it's a it's on WWEshop.com right now, and it says Adam Cole, Tampa Bay, Bay Bay, or something along those lines. It's a pretty cool shirt. I would totally get it if I had the money to, to be quite honest, but I don't. But it's a pretty good shirt. That's the last shirt I really remember that it was pretty cool to me that it appealed to me. Or the Edge shirt too. The Edge shirt's pretty cool. Like when he came back. Yeah, he does all his own like designs. So I mean, I would never. Uh, oh really? He always, he always, yeah, he he always does a great job. I don't know if you saw the WWE twenty four or whatever it was. 
No, I didn't. Like, on his return? Yes, and they had uh, how he brought all of his uh, designs to the creative teams and stuff like that. It was pretty cool, and he does his own stuff. I meant was to shocked. Wa- I watched, like, half of it, but I didn't uh, finish it, sadly. It was great. Uh, great. It was a great documentary, Tearjerker, that's for sure. I did watch the Drew McIntyre one, though, which was pretty good, not going to lie. It was. It, it, it was very, uh, it was great timing, very topical, of course, with the whole, uh, how do you say, the whole thing with the COVID and WrestleMania being replaced. So it was, it, it was like they always do great documentaries. Some are better than others. Some like to lie to you, but that's okay. It happens. <laughs> they, have to, they have to fib the truth a little sometimes, but that's okay. I mean, they always do great documentaries. They always put good, great packages together. You have a great editing team over there, but uh, sometimes they like to uh, blur the lines of uh, what's real and what is uh, fake. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I was looking up, uh, I think it was Vice.com. Yeah, it's Vice.com, the 25 best theme songs ever, right? Mm-hmm. And then I see this article that says Tiger King, Joe Exotic's forgotten pro wrestling career so it says with his animal print shirts blonde mullet and Ric Flair-esque um I can't read that word promising to rain down hot vengeance on his enemies Tiger King's Joe Exotic uh had it all in the making of a great pro wrestler so it should come to it as a little surprise that Exotic whose real name is Joseph Maldonado Passeggi or something like that once held ambitions in pro wrestling world going so far as to hold matches at his infamous zoo with tigers and wolves and fireworks all part of the show. How crazy is that? So we literally had a promotion going in there with his zoo. <laughs> I, can only, I can only imagine the train wreck that was or how oh awful that would have been. But, I mean, that's hilarious, though. I mean, Tiger King, man, he, he's hey, taking over the world. Hey, your payday is going to be some of the meats that we got off the Walmart garbage. Is that all right with you? All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, those poor guys that work for him. Some of them surprising. Uh, we're getting off topic here, but we're yeah, going to fill time. Yeah, we're, fi- we're feeling a little tired. Uh, make sure to go watch uh, Tiger King on Netflix. Uh, both of us have obviously watched it, and uh, you're in for a treat, to say the least. But uh, Oh, Totally. You have any uh, last words before I start to plug social media and we can get on with the show, to say the least? I honestly don't think I do, in all honesty. That's a first. I know. It's first time you're speechless. Thank God. Anyway, (laughs) uh, let's get right into it here. Plug in the social medias. Of course, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at J&J Wrestling Pod. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. On Spotify, J and J Wrestling Podcast, and uh, you butted in there for a second. Anything else you have to say? Yes, there was one thing that I have to say. I said I was going to be posting a video Friday about the one super cool piece of merchandise that I own, and it's sitting right in front of me. After this recording that we're doing right now, I'm going to be recording it. And just to let you know, it's in a. Uh, let me know if you can hear this, but uh, did you hear that? Someone's knocking on your door. No, that's me knocking on glass, which means it's pretty sweet. All right. If you say so, I, all the folks on social media will be able to look forward to that to that on Instagram and Twitter. Again, at J&J Wrestling Pod, of course. 
Spotify too. Oh, don't forget Spotify. I almost said <laughs> right there. Jeez, yeah, I know air. you blanked for a little bit. I was like, oh, Jaworski, Jaworski. Dead air right there. That's bad radio. Uh, JJ <laughs> Wrestling Podcast on Spotify. Before, be sure to subscribe and listen to our first four episodes. We're gonna be five now, so uh, be sure to whoop, look whoop. out tomorrow, Saturday, or, or today, or tomorrow, or yesterday, whenever it may be that you are listening to this. Uh, we appreciate all these continued support in the early goings of our podcast. Uh, anything else to say for the folks at home, Justin? No. Shockingly. All right. Again, man, a few words tonight after this uh, efficient <laughs> uh, episode of Friday Night Smackdown. And I hope you enjoyed listening to us here on the J&J Wrestling Podcast, our take on professional wrestling. Hope you're all still staying safe during the pandemic. Uh, practicing social distancing, and, of course, washing your hands. We will see you all on Monday for Monday Night Raw and our wild card segment. No, see Tuesday. You Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Tuesday, right. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. See you then. Yes, sir. Here you later.